That bomb has more power than 20,000 tons of TNT. Welcome everyone to Coffee Crime Conspiracies Podcast. I am your host, Luke. This is episode 7, I believe. Are you sure? Of, yeah, uh, yeah. because I actually wrote it down this time. I feel like we were on like episode 3 two weeks ago. Yeah, that's what it seems like. No, dude, we're on episode 7 because I actually checked the iTunes speed before we started. Damn, we're getting somewhere. I know, we're getting there. We're almost in the double digits. <laughs> Hell yeah! I hope this podcast finds you well. Hope you're doing good. I hope you'll be feeling good with this spring weather we're having wherever you're at. With me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Mitchell Chapman. I feel like we need a background music. Oh, we, like a boxer. We may. We. I may need That'd to work cool. on that. Since I, I'm gonna have a lot of free time. Coming Throw up some here. beats together. Yeah. Yeah, because are you, are you taking summer classes? Yeah, I'm going to take one, but they're uh, they're from, they're like a month long, which is pretty dope. No shit. Are they, in, are they like online? Are they? Yeah, I'm going to do some online classes over the summer. Nice, dude. I'm going to do it too. That is the cool thing because when growing up, the only places that really had online classes were like the Everest college and like ranking tech like shit dude now like i'm pretty sure harvard has online classes I'm pretty, i think you could take yeah. online classes at harvard yeah I, i'm almost maybe not almost positive but i mean there's a lot of good schools out there that you could take most universities are going to offer online classes in some way shape or form oh yeah maybe not specific classes because i mean how are you going to do like a bio lab Online. Yeah, actually, I did a bio, uh, bio lab. Well, you know what? Then I'll it, just shut my mouth up. <laughs> it was the most bullshit thing ever. It was like, oh, grab the Erlenmeyer flask. Like, <laughs> Click. I just dragged it over and did some potion bullshit like I was Harry Potter. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, dude. But hey, I passed. That's all that matters. Yeah, you took speech online, right? I did, but that was kind of a pain in the ass, so... I took I took public speaking online. Go figure. Yeah, how how public speaking? Would you do that online compared to, or would you rather do that online over in class, or just get it done in class? I think that online online or public speaking is one class. I think I rather do. I rather do all my classes in like in person, mm-hmm. but due to like you know work or whatever, I had to do them online, but. Public speaking is one I think it would be easier to do in class because doing it online for this public speaking class, you had to find three people to shoot a video in front of. And like, it was super specific. Like you had to like all three members had to be in frame as well as yourself. They had to introduce themselves. You had to like have good lighting this and that and then if you go through your whole thing and you find out you didn't press record then uh, you're like god damn it luckily it didn't happen to me but yeah that would but some people like that work you know if you work a lot and you work odd hours it's gonna be hard to find someone so they were like having to go to the library and ask random people to listen to their speech which is even more nerve-wracking oh, like yeah. i would just do it in front of the class when everyone's trying to do it oh yeah everybody else is nervous as hell trying to do it yeah that's what I had some I class today with some lady, and she was worried about it. And I was like, listen, everybody else is just as nervous as you. Right. Is it public speaking? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get out of public speaking. I'm trying to just get some uh, just credit hours because I've been through 100-plus hours of outside education. Like with oh, my actually, realtor. real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, if those 100-plus hours don't transfer to three hours, I'm going to be a little pissed. Yeah, for real, especially when real estate is something you've already been making money off of, and it, what, two weeks? Yeah. 
for for I mean it's a lot more work, but two weeks for as far as getting the certification oh, for yeah. the class, right? Yeah. And then you had to take the test, so that's total what two months maybe with the class time and studying start to finish. Yeah, and I took a um, cram session class that was eighteen hours over the course of two days. Wow. Okay, so in two months, half a semester, you're already making more money than most people do who go to college for six years and get their doctorates or masters. Exactly, and that's just. I hope. Uh, yeah. I hope the advisor can. Can cut me some slack here. Yeah, like do come. Throw on. me a fucking bone here. Throw me a bone, yeah, boy. Yeah, bro. Speaking of uh, Italians, did you see Bartuzo score? Uh, I don't think I turned it on that early. Uh, okay, yeah, he was the first on the score in the uh, Blues game last night. And yeah, every time I see it, I just laugh. <laughs> Give me a meatball sub here, busting my ball. Surprised he doesn't have a sponsor. Every time Bartuzo oh, scores, uh, uh, Firehouse Sub gives away half price <laughs> meatball subs. Quiznos. Quiznos. <laughs> I didn't even know this, that place is still open. I don't know. I've, I've actually never eaten at a Quiznos. I haven't either. I haven't eaten at a Firehouse up until a few weeks ago. I haven't never eaten it. Is it good? I heard it's better than Subway. Um, I don't know if it's better than Subway. It, their chicken's better than Subway, which isn't okay. very hard to beat. Yeah. Subway chicken is like, I mean, it's it's a guilty pleasure because I like it, but I know that that's not chicken. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, a couple months ago, they came out with, like, a new campaign. They're like, oh, our brand new, fresh, antibiotic, 100% chicken is here. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck were you guys serving before this? If this is 100%, what the hell was I eating two months ago? Yeah, I heard um, that there's just some kid in my class, so I'd take this with a grain of salt, that they tested it and it came back like 50% chicken. So gross. Which I guess if it's more than half chicken, you can advertise it as chicken. Yeah, there is some weird loopholes like that. I don't care. I liked it. It didn't hurt me. Hey, as long as it's got at least 50%, 50 grams of protein. Protein. Motherfucking protein. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, dude. If, if fucking, I don't know, post-it notes had 100 grams of protein in it, I would eat a post-it note. I would probably blend it up, yeah. I mean. Would you blend it or go raw? Your raw dog. Your raw Um, Depends what mood I'm in. I'll just <laughs> I know, bro. You never raw dog it without protection. <laughs> Are we still talking about post-it notes? Or just yeah, I don't, I don't fuck, I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> I just look at the first thing on the desk <laughs> because I'm not in the teeny tiny bedroom. I'm actually in the teeny, almost tinier living room. Ooh. I guess you could call it. You got nothing. And great. also, the podcast first. I'm not wearing any pants. That's impressive. Because you can do that when you when you co-host podcast. a podcast. Of course yeah. you can. I mean, there's no I rules. Have, yeah, no fucking rules. You and I could be butt-ass naked right now. be a little weird, I but mean, no one would know. Who's saying that's not the case? Yeah, that's true. No, I'm just I kidding. do have undies on, so maybe next week. <laughs> maybe next week we'll go by. Actually, we can't, because guess what next week is? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm going to act like I don't know, so you give the Luke, intro. What? What, what? Luke, what's next what week? Is, what is happening next week? Well, for everyone that doesn't know, next week, the very own Mitchell will be live in studio. Ooh. Actually, not really live in studio because we're doing a special episode down in Bennett Springs in the middle of the woods, Missouri. I can't, I can't wait for this one. I know. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be something a little different than what we usually do. We're going to kind of go to the uh, trail off from the, well, I guess this episode, episode seven is going to be a little different than the true crime that we've kind of been on. Yeah, because we've talked about it and we've been doing a lot of murders and actual yeah. crime. But where's the conspiracy? Where's the conspiracy, We're missing man? the conspiracy. We need some conspiracy up in this bitch. So I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to talk about that one next week. Yeah, yeah, and it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna feature. It's gonna be the the opening for our official mascot for Coffee Crime Conspiracies. You're damn right it is. You're goddamn right. You're goddamn right. Without. So. Giving out any more information that is already uh, out there, um, it's going to be even more terrifying. 
Yeah, because we plan to do this bitch in the middle of the woods. In the middle of the woods. Dark. Yep. P- pitch black. Pitch black. Naked. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what? Huh? huh? <laughs> I didn't talk about what? that. I mean, traditionally, we there's going to be a lot more bullshit next week, too, because traditionally, we go off facts of the crime. So, I mean... Yes, so we're going to have to to speculate we next to, week We have to more. do a lot of speculations, which is going to be a week, fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so stay tuned to that. It'll also be the first podcast where you and I are in person. In person. It. So there's also going to probably be a lot of laughter. A lot of laughter, yeah. Jokes are going to be ten <laughs> times funnier. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Our jokes are always funny as fuck. I know, but when we're in person... Like it, it it's even worse. <laughs> it is even worse. Uh, you know, besides the podcast, so. I'm yeah. excited to actually go fishing. Oh my god, me too. Just being in that stream. Oh my god, cold ass water. Yeah. I mean, you have to. You have to remember though, when you're in the stream, don't get too comfortable and just kind of, you know, when you're like on a float trip, you just kind of pee in the water. Yeah. You can't do that here. You'll be wearing waders. Can't do that. She's wearing fishing waders because yeah, we'd be trout fishing. We'd be trout fishing. I always thought, like, people wearing waders and the trout like, oh, that guy's stupid looking. It's fun <laughs> as fuck, dude. Oh, it is fun. Trout fishing, I think, is better. I'd rather be in a stream in my waders than, like, on a bass boat, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you haven't even experienced half of it yet. And I cannot yeah, wait. True. I can't wait to teach you how to fly fish. I'm going to try to bust it out this weekend, my fly rod. Oh, yeah. See what get I can used do. To it. Um, the first night we get down there, I plan on going to a place where there's not a lot of people just so you can practice, yeah. so you can get some. Okay. So, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to suck. Yeah. Unless you're just natural. That's why I'm bringing my other rod, too, in case it just, like, get super frustrating. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Once you catch a fish on the fly, ha, <laughs> <dude>. um, <laughs> You, you won't want to use a spinning rod anymore. Guaranteed. It just probably feels a lot different, huh? Oh, it's, it's more sensitive. It's more sensitive. You're more you're more connected. It, it's fantastic. Cool. It's, yeah, the tip's, the tip's probably a little more sensitive. Oh, the tip's a lot more sensitive. Okay. And that's when that's it makes good. it the best, yeah, is when it's the okay. tip's sensitive. <laughs> that's good to know. That sensitive tip. Uh-huh. I was, I was going to ask you something else about it. Fire away. I mean... I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped for it, though. Yeah, sponsored by Yeti, I think. <laughs> Fucky, I wish. That'd be dope. Yeah, me too. Or- hey, Yeti, you want to sponsor a podcast? Because we do have a Yeti in our picture. We do. Or is it? We do have a Yeti. Bigfoot? They're cousins, I think. You know what? If Yeti sponsors this podcast, they can call it whatever the fuck they want to <laughs> call it. <laughs> we may get kicked off and there might be yeah. a new host. I don't care, though. As long as I get yeah. free shit, that's cool. They can call it the world's stupidest podcast. <laughs> okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> Two retards talking about shit. I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah, cool with me. Yeah, dude. So let's dive okay. in. Let's see what we yeah. got going on. I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? Taking All right, notes. so what we're going to be going over today is Flight 19. Flight Cue that fucking Twilight music. So before I kind of start this start this bitch off flight 19 there's going to be a lot of directions a lot of the degrees like a lot of headings Ooh. and it's going to be kind of confusing without looking at a map but i'm gonna to try to get through it the best we can i think i my globe right here yeah everyone uh get out their gps satellites because we're about to break this bitch down all right so flight 19 was happened in the bermuda triangle and for you as you don't know, the Bermuda Triangle is an area of 500,000 square miles of ocean formed by the points of Miami, Puerto Rico, and the Bermuda Islands. Strange things have been happening in the area since the arrival of Christopher Columbus when he documented in his journal that his crew saw a light streak across the sky and plummet in the ocean. Days following, there was lights following that streak in the sky. Since then... Planes and ships have disappeared without a trace, including the case that we'll be covering today, the disappearance of Flight 19. On December 5th, 1945, at 2 p.m., five Grumman TBM Avenger torpedo bombers took off from Naval Air Station, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They took off for a routine combat exercise. 
The training was called Navigation Problem Number One, which in hindsight is a pretty shitty name to name <laughs> a training flight. You never name something Problem Number One. <laughs> <laughs> you probably just name it. Uh, this is going to go spectacular number three. <laughs> I don't fucking know. The training was a combination of both bombing and navigation scenarios that the team of five pilots would have to conduct together over the Atlantic Ocean. The training would be led by a Navy lieutenant named Charles Carroll Taylor, who had 2,500 hours of flight time underneath his belt as a combat pilot in the South Pacific. Damn. Yeah. Taylor had recently transferred from Naval Air Station Miami, where he had been a flight instructor there as well. The Avenger Torpedo Bomber was not a new aircraft for Taylor either, since most of his career he had been in the cockpit of that specific plane. And he, that's what he was flying in the South Pacific was that Avenger Torpedo Bomber. So he's a pretty pretty squared away dude for the most part. As far as... We're, I'm going to give you a little tidbit of information about it later. Okay. But as far as being comfortable in a cockpit of the TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. The trainees with him were U.S. Marine Captains Edward Joseph Powers and George William Stivers, Marine 2nd Lieutenant Forrest James Gerber, and Naval Ensign Joseph Bossy. Combined, they had a total of 300 hours of flight time, 60 of which were in the Avenger torpedo bombers. So basically, uh, these, these men, especially Taylor... It wasn't their first go in the Avenger bomber. The trainees, each of them had a 60, 60 flight hours in a torpedo, so it's not like it's their first time up. It's not their first time in an f- aircraft. And Taylor, as we know, he was pretty experienced, so they're not new, new pilots. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, this is after ni- this is 1945, which is right after World War II, so you can imagine that standards probably, they're really not all that laxed yet. Yeah. The five members were codenamed, which it's kind of confusing, but I'm going to go over them anyways because some of the flight transcripts I'm going to read, uh, they, they, they use these call signs. So just for the sake of confusion, they are FT-3, FT-36, FT-81, FT-117, and FT-28. Now, what some people don't know, including myself, was although there were five planes, there were more men on board other than the pilots. FT-28 was piloted by Lieutenant Taylor and his two crew members named George Devlin and Walter Parpart. FT-36 was Captain Powers, Howell Thompson, and George Panosa. FT-3 was Ensign Joseph Bossy, Herman Thylander, and Burke Balak. And FT-117 was Captain George Stivers and Robert Grubel and Robert Galvin. FT-81 was Second Lieutenant Forrest Gerber and William Lightfoot. The third crew member, FT-81, was Alan Cosner, but he had asked to be excused prior from the exercise, and he was granted. So there was only the pilot and then the navigator in FT-81. Okay. The Avenger planes had a range of 1,000 miles and were fully fueled prior to takeoff. Pre-checks were conducted, and it was found that none of the planes were equipped with clocks, but they were allowed to go anyways at a zoo was assumed each man had their own watch for timekeeping, which is kind of sketchy. That's real sketchy. But then again, I obviously you and I know nothing about aviation. And do you... This might be kind of stupid, but do you think having a clock would be all that significant? Mm, not really. Not. I mean, I'm sure it helps a little bit. Yeah, but what... Were they right? What did each man have a watch on? I don't know. I don't know. I think but they were allowed to. They were allowed to take off. So I'm assuming they did. Okay. So then, I mean, then it doesn't have that much significance. Right, but I think just for like time's sake, I, don't, I just feel like okay, if you're doing pre-flight checks and you discover that potentially a vital instrument is missing from the cockpit of an airplane you probably should just especially since it's a training exercise you should probably just you know pump the brakes a little bit and say hey bitch (laughs) 
It's yeah, especially uh, since it's training exercises. Yeah, like where are your clocks at? Like, like put some fucking clocks there, so or make sure they all had wristwatches, which they might have. I don't know. I couldn't find it. It was it was <laughs> researching this. It was pretty hard to find like accurate information that wasn't like oh the Taylor he was a fucking reptilian from <laughs> Planet Zeta. <laughs> yeah. Now if they didn't have like a, I think they're called altimeters. Alta. Altimeters that measure the altitude, then yeah, I think that could be a little that'd be more of a problem, yeah. But a clock, yeah, I could see that. I think, um, Taylor, Lieutenant Taylor, he had so much time in a plane that he could probably tell somewhat what time of the day it was based on where the sun was. That's true, that's a good point. It's like going into your car, like, no, yeah, no clock, exactly. So originally, takeoff was scheduled for 1.45 p.m., but Taylor arrived late at the airfield, airfield, and the departure was delayed to 2.10 p.m. The weather that day was clear with blue skies, with the ocean described as being favorable with the sea state moderate to rough. Since Taylor was supervising the mission, another trainee pilot took the role as the point man out front. So this is kind of where we're going to get into direction, so bear with me. The flight, pan, the flight plan was basically going to be a triangle over the ocean, first at a heading of 091 degrees east for 64 miles, and that was going to take them to an area named Hen and Chicken Shoals, where the main part of the bombing run to, was to be carried out. Each of the men successfully released their, bo- released their bombs without incident, and afterwards were, main, were to maintain the heading of 091 degrees east for 77 miles, before turning course to 356 degrees towards the Grand Bahama Island. After that, they were to turn at a heading of 241 degrees and fly 140 miles, which would take them back to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. So basically what they're doing is they're going from Fort Lauderdale straight east. They're going to cut up northwest a little bit and then go back down to Fort Lauderdale once they drop their bombs. Okay. It's It's... It's kind of like basically they're doing the outline of the Bermuda Triangle almost. That's what I was imagining in my mind. Yeah. That's the easiest way to imagine it. So we know that the bombing run was successful because of radio transmissions between the crew and the flight tower. At exactly 3 p.m., the last of the flight crew asked permission to drop their torpedo, to which it was granted. 40 minutes after that, another pilot picked up an unidentified radio transmission by one of the crew members in Flight 19. This pilot was another instructor named Lieutenant Robert Cox, who was leading his own students on basically the same bombing run. His call sign is FT-74. The transmission he picked up was of an unidentified member of Taylor's crew asking Captain Powers for his compass, for his compass reading, to which Powers replied, I don't know where we are. We must have gotten lost after that last turn. After hearing that, Cox and FT-74 radioed Powers and said, This is FT-74, plane or, bo- plane or boat calling Powers. Please identify yourself so someone can help you. There were a few minutes of delay before another member came on asking others for suggestions on what heading to take. Cox then tried again, saying, This is FT-74. What is your trouble? So Taylor, remember he was the flight leader of the group, mm-hmm. he responds to Cox's transmissions. He says, Both of my compasses are out, and I am trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am over land, but it is broken. I am sure I am in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, and I don't know how to get to Fort Lauderdale. So when I was researching this and hearing, or not hearing, but listening to these flight transmissions and reading, reading them, it kind of gave me the chills. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, almost right off their bat, they get lost. And we know, we have hindsight that, I mean, they all died. And knowing that they all died while reading this, it's like, I mean, you're reading like a dead man's words, yeah. basically. Especially like, that oh. kind of like eerie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's fucking sad. It is sad. All right. So, I know I explained the original flight path earlier, but I'm going to go over a little bit of what Taylor just said, right? Because he said 
he is he thought he was over the keys which the keys is a very southern tip of florida Mm -hmm. nowhere near where he was supposed to be in the atlantic ocean he was supposed to be way out east towards fort lauderdale and for some reason he thinks he's down south towards the keys which is a big fucking problem (laughs) since the keys and where he's supposed to be in the Grand Bahama is quite a bit of a distance away. So why did he think that he was over the keys? With with the experience he had, it's like he got lost that fast. And it's not like he was new to the area because he was doing flight school. He was doing he's being a flight instructor out of Miami, which is basically pretty close to Fort Lauderdale. What is the um what is the total flight time at that point? So at this point, yeah. hold on. I want to say it's about maybe an hour after the bombing run, after, after they drop, they drop the bombs. their bombs. So you'd say yes. roughly two hours into the total flight. Give or take, yes. Okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure the speed of the plane they were flying. <laughs> Well, let me do my calculations yeah, real quick. <laughs> but, my aeronautical calculations. But it is possible that maybe Taylor uh, was way it was lost before he said something, and he just didn't want his pride getting in the way. That could be it too. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Um, I'm not real sure we're at, but what what can go wrong? I just won't tell him until. Until basically it's too late. That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe he's he's at that point he's admitting, not directly, in like but he's a like, nonchalant way, like oh my compasses are out, yeah. which they probably were. I yeah. think I, I think, think probably they think they really were out, and that yeah. that did cause him to get lost. But I don't. I think he admitted. It sounds like he admitted that he got lost way too late, and yeah, it's, he's it's almost overcompensating for that. So he's like. Yeah. He's like, um, we're in the keys. Shit. Yeah. Right. Kind of like that. And what we're going to see is because he thinks that he's over the keys, I mean, it's it's potentially is what kills him because after he thinks he's over the keys, he gets completely fucked up from here. So Cox, he informs the tower that the mission was lost somewhere. After that, he told Taylor to put the sun on his port wing and fly north up the coast until they reached the air station. So this was kind of like a designated way that if anyone gets lost in the Atlantic, mm-hmm. put the sun to your left, your port side, and then you're automatically going to fly. You have to make Florida no matter what. Yeah, if you're in the Keys, right? No, if if you're if you're okay, in I see the what Atlantic. You're I see what you're yeah. saying now. Yeah, I was at a different. So, I got it. Right. So my kind of my question with this is that Cox was the one to inform the tower that they were lost. So how come Taylor didn't notify the air station that he himself, that you know, they were fucking lost? <laughs> Maybe another pride thing. That could be it. I mean, they obviously have radio communication, but we kind of get the feeling that maybe, it's kind of my theory, that all of the responses and radio traffic wasn't going into Taylor. Like Maybe he was only getting bits and pieces of it. Because we're going to see, like, some stuff he replies to and some stuff he doesn't. And then some stuff the radio tower picks up from communication between Taylor and the crew. Some of the stuff Cox picks up. So the air station tells Cox to ask Taylor if his IFF transmitter was active, which would allow the air station to triangulate their position and guide them back to the field. I don't know why they weren't automatically triangulating their position. I feel like that'd be pretty standard protocol of aviation <laughs> to always know where five naval bombers are, but yeah. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Nah. Yeah, I mean, it is the 40s, so it could be completely different. They didn't have GPS or anything. So when Cox asked Taylor about the transmitter, the message was not acknowledged as being received by Taylor, which was seen that he was not getting all the transmissions like I earlier theorized. At 4.45 p.m., Cox overheard another transmission by Taylor that said, We are heading 030 degrees for 45 minutes. Then we will fly north to make sure we are not over the Gulf of Mexico. Damn. The Gulf of Mexico is completely on the other side of Florida, nowhere near where the mission should have gone, right? <laughs> so this is kind of like another transmission that 
just reading that now kind of gave me the chills. Mm-hmm. Like, how fucking lost do you have to be where you don't even know what ocean you're over? Yeah. That's... Like, god damn. That would suck. All right. So no bearings could be made on Taylor's flight, and he was told to broadcast on 4805 uh, hertz, but the order again was not acknowledged. Cox told Taylor after that he needed to switch to 300, uh, 3,000, it's KHZ, like kilohertz or something. Kilohertz, I don't fucking know. So. Yeah. Uh, but that was the search and rescue frequency. To this, at least Taylor replied, he said, I cannot switch frequencies. I must keep my planes intact. So I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you it's think like, you're over the Gulf of Mexico and you should be over the Atlantic. Like, you should be like, okay, I'll put my shit on search and rescue because yeah. this is not good. Damn. Sounds like he went crazy. Yeah, I mean, that could be another point. He just fucking maybe lost it. <laughs> PTSD from the South Pacific. Finally lost it. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't that, know. that just yeah. sounds like he went... He's yeah, that's kind of where my mind changed, too. Like, what? Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> I would have done that as soon as I thought I was over the keys. Yeah. Hey, we need no, help! No, <laughs> yeah, basically. No shit. Like, hey, motherfuckers, like, this is, like, these are lives you're taking care of. You gotta, at that point, you gotta swallow your pride. How many at that point? So there's, what, three, six, I want to say nine, there are 12. nine. There's nine? No. Thirteen? Thirteen? No. No, we have 11. five planes. I'm counting 11. Five planes, three, 15, 14. 14. Right? Because right? there's three men in each plane except one, which is two. 14 men. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I should have failed out of math. Yeah, don't come to coffee crime conspiracies. Get damn math lesson. <laughs> so at 4.56 p.m., Taylor advised his flight crew to... Change course to 090 degrees due east for 10 minutes. This is kind of where it proves that Taylor actually did think they were over the Gulf of Mexico. Cause, so he tells them to go east, right? Mm-hmm. Going east, if you're in the Gulf, will get you to Me- Florida. Going east? Yeah, in the Gulf of Mexico, you'll go, you'll yeah, go to Florida. Yeah, you're right, you're right. God, I'm, I'm it, it's confusing, up. see, because it's kind of like where they're actually at, where they should be, and where Taylor thinks they're at. Yeah. So this kind of just proves how fucked up that, how fucked up they, how lost they were. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like they're grasping, uh, he was grasping for straws, like straws. He's like, okay, uh, we're going to fly for 10 minutes east, and then we're going to fly 10 minutes north, like just yeah. trying to do something to get back. Yeah. Someone transmitted after that and said, Damn it, if we could just fly west, we would get home. Head west, damn it. It is said that the control tower at this point was telling the trainees to break off from Taylor and lead the flight west because it seemed like some of the pilots, the trainee pilots, actually knew where they were at. Oh. So, flight 19 at this point is thoroughly fucking lost. And it would take a lot for a trainee to question the leader in such a direct way and that like hey dude you're lost like we need to get back so it can so military bearing is basically the reason why these men didn't fly west even though the control tower was telling them to fly west because most of them at this point they probably served in world war ii and they're pretty damn disciplined mm-hmm. and you're not going against the flight leader basically for anything yeah like it's not it's not nowadays where maybe not even nowadays but like i feel like now someone's like okay dude you're leading us in the wrong direction. I'm getting home. But what does you do that too? If the flight, ta- the control tower is telling you, like, hey, you need to go west. <laughs> but, it could be, but I mean, there could be other transmissions that we haven't re- that we're not receiving, you know. And they could be arguing and they'd be like, hey, are we going this or not? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, because like if you're gonna go down, I think you'd want to go down with other people. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard to place yourself in that situation. Yeah. So at this point, the weather began to deteriorate, and Taylor requested a weather check at 5.24 p.m. Flight 19 was believed, believed to be 230 miles out to sea east of Florida in the Atlantic. Taylor commanded the crew to fly 270 degrees west until landfall or running out of gas. So before, as he was telling them to go east... 
Now he's telling him to go west. Damn. So basically, they're just going back and forth. Holy and shit. And they're eventually going to run out of gas mm-hmm. if you're doing that. At 5.50, several land-based radio stations, they actually began to pick up Flight 19 and pinpointed them 100 miles out in the Atlantic. But unfortunately, since the transmission was never received due to the weather, Flight 19 was well north of the Bahamas, nowhere near the Keys or the Gulf, and they didn't receive the transmission. So, where we have Taylor leading the flight crew, thinking they're in the Atlantic, in all actuality, they're only 100 miles offshore. Wow. To the, in the Atlantic. Basically, they're where they should be anyways. (laughs) The weather began going to basically shit at this point, and the sun had set, making navigating all the more difficult for basically everyone. At 6.04 p.m., Taylor transmitted, holding 270 degrees. We didn't fly fly far enough east. We may as well just turn around and fly east again. But doing so, as we know, would only put them further out in the Atlantic. Damn. The last time... Any of the me- or the last time of the message is debated, either six twenty p.m. or seven o four, but it really doesn't matter. The last transmission by Taylor was him telling his men, "All planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below ten gallons, we all go down together." Holy shit, dude! That that gave me the chills right there. Isn't that fucking nuts, dude. Can you imagine hearing that? It's just like what the fuck. God, I can't even, like, I can't even put myself in this situation. Mm-hmm. It's just mind-boggling. Like, Jesus Christ. Because you look up to this guy to know what he's doing. Like, okay, this guy, he's going to lead me. He's going to bring me back. He's going to bring me back safely. And then you just have him flying basically in circles. And the position that you should basically already be in anyways. God, dude. So, before I continue, Taylor, he actually had a history of getting lost during flights, and it happened three times in World War II, two of which he actually had to ditch his plane and get rescued later on. Damn. Yeah. So, we see a little now that Taylor isn't maybe the most squared away individual like we thought he was. Just think about it, because remember, he was late to the flight, mm-hmm. which kind of deter- caused the delayed departure, and then he has a history of getting lost. But one thing about that is he was already familiar with the area since he was a flight instructor anyway. Yeah. So I just wanted to note it for transparency. Search and rescue teams were put were sent to now locate the wreckage of the aircraft. Boats, planes, and air bases were put on alert. At 6 p.m., right before Flight 19 went down, it cons- uh, consolidated PBY Catalina aircraft departed from what is now Patrick Air Force Base. The flight, named PBM-5, was diverted from their own training mission to do a square grid search of the last known location for Flight 19. They called in a routine radio check at 7.30 p.m. and was never heard from again. But unlike Flight 19, the USS Gaines Mills observed flames from an explosion going at least 100 miles high, which is assumed to be PVM-5. All 13 men of the search and rescue flight were killed. Wow. Yeah, so this is just another aircraft going down. More lives lost for searching for you know already flight 19 that we know is probably already dead at this point to this day the men of flight 19 have yet to be found or their five torpedo bombers a 500 page investigative report was released after the navy concluded their own findings and what happened and this is the gist of basically what the navy officially thinks what happened because, I mean, I kind of tried to find the 500-page report, but even if I did, I was like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> so, that's a damn textbook, dude. So, this is what the Navy had to say. The islands that Taylor, mistaken for the Keys, were in fact the Bahamas, and Taylor was in the right location when flying over the island. 
but since Taylor thought they were in the Gulf, he flew his crew east, but in doing so, only brought them out further from Florida. Due to the radio transmissions, the investigation believed that one of the subordinate officers knew exactly where they were the whole time. They concluded Taylor was not at fault since both his compasses malfunctioned. They said that the loss of the search and rescue craft was due to an explosion for which the plane was known for, which that's the PBM-5. So basically the Navy saying his compasses were out and we have no idea. The final report said, and I quote, we are not able to even make a good guess as to what happened. Wow. It's nuts, dude. And they actually, they did reconstruct the flight using the information they had and concluded that Flight 19 was in fact never even off course. They said Taylor's confusion stemmed from a series of islands off the northern edge of Albuquerque Island. The control tower had told him to go west at that point to make it to Florida, but due to faulty compasses, he turned northwest, which was which meant he was actually flying parallel to Florida. Oh, and that's where his confusion stemmed from. Damn. Yeah. They said that some of the pilot's compasses were in fact working and suggested to Taylor that they go west, which Taylor actually ended up doing, remember in that radio transmission. Mm-hmm. But when they did not reach land in time, he turned them east, which eventually led to their deaths. Investigators said that if he were to continue west, like the trainees had instructed him to do, then they would have made landfall long before they ran out of fuel. Wow. So, was any of the wreckage found? I hope so. Well, let's debate it. So an aviation archaeolo- archaeologist... <laughs> I was like, I read that, like, what the hell's an aviation archaeologist? Like, I thought, like, archaeologists dug up mummies. Like, how do you... <laughs> well, that sounds like a pretty cool job, I guess. Uh, his name was John Meyer and Andy Morocco are two guys and that have been studying Flight 19 for almost 25 years. And they said, or claim, that a wreckage of a torpedo bomber in the Florida Everglades belonged to Charles Taylor since there was no history of TBM-3 Avenger plane crashes other than Flight 19 during 1944 to 1952. And also that there was a, inside the plane wreckage, was a size 11 boot that John and Andy say could not belong to anyone under 6 feet tall. Charles Taylor was 6'1". However... The wreckage located in 1989 can no longer be found. It vanished sometime between then and now, and with it, any evidence that might exist for Flight 19. Wow. So lastly, can't talk about the Bermuda Triangle without talking about aliens. Hell yeah. So some of the crackpot theories out there that could have brought Flight 19 down, or there's a lot of them, as you can imagine. It's no secret the Bermuda Triangle is an area where planes and ships are known to go missing. Some speculate UFOs to Atlantis to time warps to any theory you can basically imagine are responsible for Flight 19. While more skeptical people think that the cause is more of human error and that because of Taylor's malfunction, due, Taylor's instruments malfunction due to a magnetic pull in the Earth that would cause such failures. In truth, we may never know what caused Flight 19 go down unless the wreckage is ever located. Boom. Wow. Ah, so basically, we have senseless deaths. Because of... Because of aliens or time warps? Nah, I, I don't didn't, know about time warps or aliens. So, dude, I mean, the reason I didn't kind of, like, I brushed over the UFOs and stuff, not that I think it's, like, totally bullshit, because... Something has to be happening in the Bermuda Triangle. I know, like, scientists have come out and say, like, there's pools in the Earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of undoc- or documented situations that have occurred from lights in the area and whatnot. So, being a Coffee Crime Conspiracies podcast, I don't want to completely dispel the fact that maybe, you know, extraterrestrial has something to do with it. But my more skeptical side says that Taylor's compasses fucked up and the men who knew where they were at didn't want to go against military pairing, so they went down. They went down following orders. Basically, yeah. And that's Flight 19, man. Wow, that's crazy. I, I think yeah. it would be... It wouldn't be cool. No, it would be extremely cool, actually. But it's not cool that they all died. But right. I think it would be extremely cool if you could hear the conversation like the whole conversation 
Yeah, like if uh, it was like nowadays, it would all be like on YouTube or something. Yeah, it'd been on his Facebook Live. We're going <laughs> down, bro. <laughs> going down, bro. Fucking wicked, bro. What the <laughs> fuck, bro? Eat Tide Pod while I'm at it. Eat Tide Pod. Do you hear it? <laughs> now it's the condom challenge. Yeah, I saw that. You motherfuckers. If anyone's doing the condom challenge, listen to the podcast, just leave. We don't want you here. Yeah, we don't. We don't fucking want you here. We're not very smart, but we're not that dumb. We want listeners with an IQ higher than a four. Than a peanut, yeah. <laughs> People these days, man, they're fucking retarded. Uh, why would you snort a condom? Yeah, who came up with that? Like, hey, Billy, look at this. Check this out. Yeah. No, it'd be, I guarantee you, someone named Chad was the one that did that. And it was at a frat party. Had and to it was, be. <laughs> it was at a keggerator. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. I bet it was used too. Dude, I'm going to start this fucking condom, dude. Watch this shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brad, check this out. Dude, hey, Chad, you don't do that, Chad. Bro, Chad. I <laughs> fucking love you, man. Yeah. I love you too, Brad. <laughs> Chad. Don't snort condom. Yeah, Chad, don't do that. Brad, I'll totally have my dad sue the fuck out of you, dude. Yeah, you stupid, stupid asshole. I don't know. Because of the people dude, we nothing, don't associate with. The only, peop- the only thing you should be snorting is just good quality air, baby. <laughs> That's right. Get high on life, man. High on life, bruh. Hey, hashtag energy hub. Hashtag. I feel like we put this in every podcast we do. Do we do, we do the energy up thing? I think so. Hashtag. I fucking hate that. But I mean, you know what? As long as it's a good motto to have for life, right? If if you be positive energy, then good for you. But it's the people that post it and are just the the (laughs) worst people to hang around. I know, because you're so so positive. Yeah, just just don't have a bad day. Just be positive, man. Sunshine and fucking rainbows, like it may. And they make it seem like they never have bad days. I think that's what pisses me off. Like, you're allowed yeah. to have a bad day. Oh, and if yeah. someone's having a bad day or going through depression or mad at something, tell them to be like, hey, be positive. That's not going to fucking work. They're just going to make them angry. If someone, if I was like, if I was super pissed about something and Joy came in and was like, hey, energy up, man. Just energy up. <laughs> Expel the bad energy. Breathe the good energy. Like, shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! That's what I would say. Like, get out of here! Don't talk to me! It or makes my like, mood instantly It's like when worse. your girlfriend's really, really pissed off. It's like you coming in and be like, hey, chill out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just chill out. <laughs> not a yeah, faster not a way to get either. yelled at. Hey. Shit, dude, not even a girlfriend. If Jordan did that to me, I'd be pissed. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, hey, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, no, no. This is this is another one I like. Just breathe, <laughs> bitch. I'm already fucking breathing. That's not helping shit. How the fuck do you think I'm staying alive right yeah. now? I'm already breathing. That's not gonna help anything, babe. Just breathe, Just breathe bitch. I'm already breathing. <laughs> God, dude. It's always the. It's always like the whisper. And the, well, you're not breathing very good then. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if I heard that, I would fucking lose it. What do you mean? Oh, God. Yeah, I'd drive my whole... I would drive a, my fist to the wall. Yeah, no joke, dude. Which I almost did after I stubbed my toe today. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty gnarly. It was gnarly. I don't know if it's broken, but it's black and blue, and it still hurts. Are you serious? Yeah. Which I'm glad, though, because, like, yesterday, I just finish my squat routine so as long as it's healed in the next few days i'll be fine yeah you just ripped that bitch off when i was running i had to pull a couple of mine off i know it sounds really gross but it's basically just callus no it's it's not cow like my whole my my toe is black and blue yeah did you maybe you broke it i think so i don't think it would still hurt if i didn't like it's pretty swollen too (laughs) You have to go back to physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what can I do for this? <laughs> yeah. Keep this fucker again. Yeah, don't be a, how about you don't be a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> That's what one of our uh, football trainers. So we finally got a, back in high school last year, we finally got a, um, 
what are they called? Physical yeah, therapists. Strength and conditioning. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you finally got one of those. And guys were just trying to get out of practice. You know how it is. Yeah. Be like, be like oh, I think I jammed my finger. I can't. <laughs> just so stupid shit. And she finally, because she started out nice, like, oh, let me take a look at that and I'll wrap it and everything. She'd finally be like, just go wrap it and quit being pussy. Basically, oh, that was a pretty good looking one, too. Huh? Yeah, she's pretty hot. Yeah, she was pretty. Mm-hmm. Not that I was looking or anything. So you're too busy getting the fucking gates. Yeah, I was too busy, like, benching 305. Speaking of that. 25 for 40. So I was watching the, uh, and it's about to start. I don't know what time it starts, but uh, I was watching Jersey Shore reruns just a minute ago. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> do you think some of those guys are, like, the situation, Mike, do you think he's on steroids? I would say, yeah. Because, I mean, his arm, his biceps are just massive. And then it goes down to his forearms, and they're not very big. Now, either he's on steroids and he just... That could be genetics, yeah. And he just hits up biceps every day. But here's my thing. injecting something. Here's my, like, synthol, that shit's gnarly. Mm. But here's, here's kind of my thing, my two cents that don't really matter. That for these guys, and, or even women, in Hollywood, that they rely to make money off their bodies... Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure that you don't really think about. And, like, say The Rock, for instance. I'm not going to say he's on steroids. But, I mean, if if you were making that much money because of your size, and he's, I mean, he's a good, I'm not picking on The Rock. Let's just forget I said The Rock. Yeah. But, I mean, there are others out there that they're making money of how they look. Yeah. And if you are looking like that because of the use of steroids, I'm pretty sure you'd be taking steroids just to continue to give money. Yeah, That's always how yeah. I've kind of looked at it with celebrities. I look at it and like then, that too. And then they go on Instagram, they post these pictures, and then, I don't know. It's and just kind of like, yeah, then you if you're going to idolize like someone... Me, and I'm like, damn, yeah. dude, I'll never get that big. I yeah. see where you're coming from. If you're going to take steroids, that's cool, but don't come off saying that you're all natty. Yeah, that's, like, if you're going to do it, like, I don't have, like, I don't have a fucking problem taking, like, I don't, I'm not going to ever take steroids. Yeah. But if someone does, like, I'm not going to be, like, look down, like, okay, dude, whatever, you take steroids, whatever. There's a pretty damn good chance that he's going to be bigger than you. Yeah, and whatever, like, And if you're not, then you're taking steroids wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I used to, like, look up to those, like, guys like that, like, man, I just, I just wish I was like that, I wish I had abs like that, I wish my arms were that big. Like, now, I'm like, dude, fuck it, like. This is just this is my body. It's like I'm fucking doing everything I can, and that's all that matters. Yeah. With gumption, a little hard work. Gumption, a little hard work. Ah. I think I was talking about last podcast or two podcasts. I don't know when I was talking about it. It's just it's it's ridiculous because like I'll have those good and bad days. Yeah. And I need to quit having those bad days. Because I know that I don't... You, you just don't change. You, it's not like you're literally smaller. Right. It's right. just the way you see yourself in the mirror. I don't know. But I just need to stop having the bad days. And it would help if there weren't people on Instagram that are just completely shredded. Yeah. And that's not to say some of those, like, most of them can't do it without steroids, but... Yeah, because, I mean, hopefully I plan to get somewhat bigger... Yeah, dude, but you know what? Sometimes just give yourself a bad day. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Sometimes you're allowed to have just a bad day. Yeah, some... Oh, that bitch at the gym? She was really <laughs> yeah. making my day bad. Yeah, if you're at the gym, do not text on a very crowded machine. Don't be texting on the lap pull-down, bro. Don't be texting on the lap pull-down, especially when you've already used it once. Yeah, Mitch is going to fuck you up on the lap pull-down. <laughs> you're killing the pups you're killing the pup yeah it, it was the most ridiculous thing about it again I don't try to make fun of I don't make fun of people at the gym until yeah. you think you're the owner of the gym and you think you, you walk in you're just bigger than everybody or just right. better than everybody <laughs> yeah I don't make get, fun of unless you have a reason to be made fun of yeah and so yeah so she gets done doing her lap pull down and I would say that she's doing like 20 pounds on the lap pull down, but that's, hey, everybody starts out somewhere. 
Yeah, exactly. But she's walking around, has a gallon jug. Literally had a gallon jug. Because, you know, it's so fucking hard to walk 35 feet to refill your water bottle. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't make fun of that. I, I fucking carry a gallon jug for a while. Do you carry a gallon jug? I did for a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but now I have my big-ass hydro flask. That, that's better. That's better. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just forget you said the gallon jug thing. <laughs> but she's, she's over there doing 20 pounds on the lap pull-down, has her gallon jug, texting on it. Her three, rap, or her three sets of five reps took about 25 minutes. And, like, the picture you sent me, her, like, legs were crossed, right? Yeah, they? her legs were crossed oh, she man. got done. Don't do that. So she gets done doing that. She walks over and starts doing triceps. I was like, God, how dare her. It doesn't match, bro. You don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. What she's doing, what are her, you doing her back here? looked like a U. It's gross to watch. I just feel like you don't really like this lady. No. If you can tell, she, she kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I can tell. I think... I think being on a machine with your legs crossed texting. Mm-hmm. That's not the I would I would have went up. I would have been passive aggressive. Like, hey, are you done with this? Can I use it? Some of us are... Like, I, would, I won't be scared to ask someone if they're using the machine, especially if they're doing bullshit like that. Yeah, but we're the only one... We're the only two in there. And usually I'm not. But I work out alone. So that's kind of like you're in my territory at the time. What are you doing at midnight <laughs> in the gym, lady? In the gym, bro. Go on, bro. Maybe just trying to get his fucking games, bro. Yeah, killing the games. And I was trying to do, a while ago, I was trying to do, because uh, she only goes about two times every week, because that's good enough for her. That's good enough to see progress. Um, I was doing military press, military shoulder press, and the squat rack. Now, you're probably wondering why I was in the squat rack, but that's just because it's easier to hold the bar, and we only have one squat rack. So I was in there, about to start. She walks up. She goes, "Are are you squatting, bitch? Oh. I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a bench. Does it look like I'm about to fucking squat? No, I'm not." And I was like, "I didn't say that because you know." <laughs> but you really, I, really I, I really I was about to I was about to say it. <laughs> no, I swear. And I was like, um, "No, I'm not." I was like, "Do you want to use it?" And this first time I ran into her, so I was I was nice. Like, do you want to use it? And she goes, yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not squatting, it's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go, I'll go take the one fifteens for a ride for a minute. Go take the one fifteens <laughs> for a ride. Hell yeah. I look over and she's fucking deadlifting. I was like, oh my god. I almost had a coronary. I would have had a coronary. Yeah. That that would piss me right off. Yeah. So you can see why I don't really hold this lady to high standards. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's all right. But you know who we do hold to high standards. Uh, Korean Jesus. Korean Jesus. Him and everyone that follows us on motherfucking Instagram. And Twitter. Which, what is it? What? And Twitter. Yeah. Comment and Twitter. Yeah. What is it? it? Is, I'm testing you. Uh, okay. Coffee, crimes, and conspiracy. Yes. With underscores in between. With underscores. You get 80, 80%. 80%. 80%. Eight. Yeah. That's all you need to pass we'll high it. school. Okay, but what about Twitter? Oh, jeez. It is coffee. Yes. Crime pod. Yes. Yes, with the underscore. Coffee jackpot. underscore crime pod. Jackpot, jackpot. Jackpot. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. I'm not going to say it because we say it on every episode. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe comment send us a dm if you want us to cover a case maybe i don't know yeah. so if you want to say hey what's up hey what's up what's what's uh what's kicking what do you what's eat for, uh, how much protein do you get how much, how much protein you get bro and you know what my response is going to be every time all what? of it thousand percent i think that's it baby we'll thousand see you percent. everyone next week on the special episode peace